0: It's June the 11th and we are reading through the Bible. We are to the bottom of 2 Chronicles. We're reading the last three chapters today in 2 Chronicles 34 through 36 and the first half of John 19. In our Old Testament reading today, we see King uh, Josiah at eight years old. You might remember him from our parallel reading back in the Kings. We uh, have him now enthroned for 31 years, which is a great long reign and it was a good reign and Josiah was a good king. Uh, he comes to discover the book of the law. It was discovered as they were cleaning out the temple, and there was this great revival. He was devoted to the Lord. He brought the people back to the Lord in so many ways. There was repentance and a declaration about the repentance being Uh, the means of their grace, the grace that God had supplied in giving them favor during Josiah's reign. Uh, He has the book of the law spread to the people, read to the people, uh, transmitted to the people, and that's so important when we get the truth of God right in our own lives to pass that on, which of course he does. In chapter 5, the Passover is reinstituted and extravagantly celebrated, which is always a good reminder to go the extra mile and spend the extra dollar when it comes to things regarding the Lord and uh, the celebration of God and the advancement of God's cause, and so uh, he does that. And uh, then sadly, in the end of chapter 35, he dies. And we only have 22 years left, a couple of decades in the kingdom of Judah. 586 is hastening. Uh, 586 BC is coming soon and uh, that's what chapter 36 is all about. Judah is going to fall to Babylon at the end of this chapter uh, but we have a series of kings, four kings left in Judah and he runs through those really quickly until Zedekiah. I always remember Z as the end of the alphabet, the last king of uh, Israel in this case of Judah in particular Uh, and there's an interesting statement in verse 21, be sure to note it, it says, and the land enjoyed its Sabbaths. Remember one of the signs that they had disregarded God and his his word was they didn't let the land rest every seven years. Well, for the exact number of, of years that were not um, given the rest, the land was not given the rest, God got that back in the 70-year exile, and that was an exact accounting of the Lord for the disobedience of um Judah and Israel. So uh, this is a uh, end of that. We'll get into the book of Ezra tomorrow, the end of this uh, section of covering the kings. Uh, we've covered a lot of them, 20 of them here in, actually more than that, 23 of them in the book of uh, Second Chronicles, actually 22. Uh, But you can go back and count them. John chapter 19. We have the first half. This is the uh, drama, the high drama of Pilate having Jesus crucified. Uh, He is mocked and flogged and beaten. And yet there's that statement in verse number 11 uh, about the fact that all of that authority over Jesus was granted by the Father. He would have no authority were it not derived authority from God. Uh, Earlier in the passage, he admits, and this will be the grounds of his judgment one day, I find no guilt in him. And yet he was willing to deliver him over to be crucified. Now he's crucified there at a place called Golgotha, which there's some dispute as to where exactly that is, outside the walls of the Old City. If you go there today, you know the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem is within the walls, but remember those are the Turkish walls. They're not the original walls in the time of Christ. Uh, those walls in the time of Christ were actually um, inside. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was outside at that particular time. Then, of course, there's um, Gordon's Calvary, it's called, outside the city walls. Anyway, if you come to Israel with us this next time we go, uh, we'll be able to point all of that out. But it's called the Skull. In Aramaic, it's Golgotha, and certainly that is... Uh, depicting and reflecting the drama of the death of all of this and perhaps even the way that that hillside looked which if you go to Gordon's Calvary they'll talk about that when we get there. Hopefully you can join us for that. Our community imperative today is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 4. Let me read it for you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 4 it says and we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are uh, doing and will do the things that we command. That's just a very positive and optimistic perspective and I love that and it's challenging to me and I hope it's something you can do with one another as it relates to their Christian life. And I put it this way, be optimistic about each other. Be optimistic about each other. Now we certainly believe in depravity, we believe in sin, we believe in the fallenness of our own flesh. But Paul, listen to it again, he says, we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. Now there's that kind of positive coaching that i think is so helpful for us and i would encourage you to be optimistic of course there's that phrase in the lord we're trusting that the lord is the one who will motivate and fuel and drive and discipline and make us all that we should be in christ but to say to other christians about whatever trial they're facing whatever the difficulty might be in following christ you got this Uh, i trust and i'm optimistic that god will take you through this that is a biblical and godly thing so be optimistic with each other as it relates to The spiritual journey, the spiritual life, the progress in sanctification, these are very important things, and I think that kind of positivity is something lacking, and I hope that that community imperative is is fuel for you today. Think about who you might be able to cheer on in a positive way to be all that Christ has called them to be in this world. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, as we continue our reading, starting in the book of Ezra tomorrow and the second half of John 19.